Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. We're back with another blunt business on CannabisRadio.com. My next guest is a serial entrepreneur, real estate investor, and adjunct professor who recently sold his cannabis growing company for $250 million, quarter of a billion, and is now launching a CBD company, just launched it this past January, with nanotechnology that he has developed with MIT engineers. I'm joined with the CEO of PureCraft CBD, Jason Navarrete, here on Blunt Business. Jason, thanks for being with me. Yeah, how are you doing? Doing really well. Glad we got a chance to get this put together. Your seed-to-sell approach and hybrid business model is said to be a precursor to the evolution of the cannabis industry in the coming decades. And you said this, quote, we only partner with farmers that understand the importance of genetics and science in regard to cultivating premium hemp, premium hemp biomass. Products being made are following the strictest guidelines and quality control measures, allowing us to call them pharmaceutical grade. Expand on the fact you're being able to go ahead and make it pharmaceutical grade uh, that you're le- reading that level, but there's always the issue with CBD where there are those that are looking for that USDA approval and what kind of parameters you can put in front for a consumer looking to go and buy your product and showing the quality consistency that you're providing. Yeah, so we're just um, literally, you know, going straight back to the farm. It's like cultivation has been my, my main thing for most of my life. And it all starts with the cultivation, which is the foundation, you know, keeping that clean, growing that clean, making sure everything on that aspect is done right, because that's your initial start of everything. If that's weak, you know, everything on the back end is going to be problems. So when it comes to having a clean product, we also like with the nano emulsions to, you know, use, you know, suffocants that are, you know, more natural, more organic you know, things like that. We don't use a lot of them uh, to provide blend that that's what's taken so long to create over the years is getting that exact uh, suffocant that's not like a polysorbate 80 or something like that to where it's very uh, unnatural. Um, you know, and then just all the testing, the rigorous testing goes into every step of the way, making sure from, you know, the beginning, the plants being tested, you know, um, through all cycles of the life. And then, uh, come uh, uh, pre-harvest and then post-harvest. And then again, going through extraction, getting tested again, and then going into the lab and then going through the series of tests then, and then actually going to the final product, which then gets tested one more time. And then it goes to a third party or even a second third party and gets tested one more time. And I would imagine that your background and what you did leading up to starting up this company really says a lot. Now, there was a recent article by Marijuana Times uh, a little while back called Nanotechnology Boosts CBD Effectiveness Allowing Better Absorption and Consistency. I wanted to bring this up because of the fact that your company has spent several years in research and development partnering with scientists at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and you have nanotized cannabinoids not only for CBD products, but also for CBG and CBN products. And the process of nanotization involves breaking down cannabis molecules to their smallest subatomic form so they can be available quicker or bioavailable quicker and more efficiently into the body. And in a recent rest release, 
Your company said they have broken that threshold down to one below 100 nanometers, and in some cases as low as five nanometers. And with this, all the products with PureCraft come with third-party certificates of analysis. Consumers know what's in them and how they were tested. So we've talked a little bit about nano emulsion and nanotechnology here on the program and the importance of bioavailability and water-soluble products to be able to get a better, effective, extended release of CBD of whatever product that you consume. So talk to me about what you're learning in the collaboration with those scientists at MIT and what research development has provided to you as to being able to go ahead and make a release of products so streamlined and so expanded. Yeah, so um, we use industrial soda mechanics is what we use, but it's not a standard uh, SOP to where you know, you're following a set you know, guidelines to nanoemulsify the cannabinoids or, you know, vitamins or anything else that's inside. This is a process that's been used by, you know, uh, pharmaceutical companies for a very long time. Well, not a very long time. This is probably a 10 to 12 year new uh, venture that has been created and patented. Um, not by me, but by the people that have created the, the machines to do this. And, uh, you know, the pharmaceutical companies are able to control time releases and stuff like that based on the nano emulsions and their size and the suffocants that they use. So they enter the blood at different levels, you know, based on how small that nanometer is on that particle. So, um, you know, we've taken it down all the way to five nanometers. And what we've noticed is it's not, um, it's too absorbable at that point. So it goes in very quickly you know, because the goal is to get it into the blood, right? The body's mostly made of water. So by nanoemulsifying, you're literally making it water soluble, just as it is in a glass when you're done. Um, you want to do that to the body. So getting into the body extremely quick, you know, is, is definitely the end goal. And it's the future. You know, it literally is the future. Future of now, so many things. I want to find out also, because of the, we, we, we hear so much about MIT. And the fact of having these researchers, they're doing so much, I would imagine, in the pharmaceutical area, bio, in biology and medical sciences, in just the whole sciences area. Uh, I'm going back to a story that went back a few years ago where one of the alumnus of Harvard and MIT decided to go and give $9 million for cannabis research specifically. And the idea was... Uh, they wanted to make sure to fill the research void that currently exists in the science academies. And also with an early investor in Canada's, Canada's uh, medical marijuana market. So obviously money being brought into the space, Charles Broderick is the, in the band I'm talking about. And when it comes to that kind of level of research and the money being put into it, you're I would imagine you're taking advantage of that kind of resources and that kind of earmarked support what level of support are you getting from MIT in this case? Would it be students or would it be actual researchers? Would it be actually be professors? What's the level of support you get from there? What level of research, the facilities? Can you give me an idea of the makeup of what that? Yeah, these are actually, is? Um, yeah, these actually are MIT, you know, scientists. They're not students. They're not, uh, they're not any of that. They're actually, uh, it's a man and a woman. And they originally reached out to, to me um, because they've heard of, everything I've done with cultivation in the past. And, um, you know, just, I just love cannabis. You know, I love growing it. I love cultivating it. They saw that they reached out to me. Um, 
And that's how the relationship started. And, you know, it was really there. They have a, a huge understanding of, of everything else. I mean, these people are, are beyond brilliant, right? I mean, you can get in there with them and I'm lost in a couple minutes, you know? Um, and it was really, it was really just combining my, my knowledge of the plant itself and, and with them in there and then me giving them pointers on the things that I've seen with people, with the product, with all that stuff. So, um, but these are not, you know, students or anything. Like that. These are actual researchers that develop, you know, some of the common stuff that are even on the shelves today, you know, that you see. So we want to get more into bioavailability and also the area where some people have talked about where there are some products that can help to lessen some of the issues that we've dealt with the after effects of the pandemic and some of the issues we've had with COVID-19 and other things like that. We want to talk about that coming up here on Bum Business. I'm here again with the CEO of PureCraft CBD, Jason Navarrete. We're back after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Jason Navarrete, CEO of PureCraft CBD. Now, PureCraft, let's talk about the product itself. We mentioned bioavailability before the break. 90% bioavailability in your products, where most CBD companies offer products that are no more than 18% bioavailable, which is why it's pure to the last drop. So being highly bioavailable means PureCraft products enter the body at a much quicker rate. It's more effective than other products because they're highly nanotized broken down into particles that the, the body can absorb immediately. So when you talk about the nanometers and the measurement by which these particles for or these, really, it can really, that the product can be molecularized. It can go down to the atom molecular level, basically, to be able to go ahead and give a real potency and a real effectiveness at such a low milligram. Is that kind of the idea we're talking about here? Yes. Yeah. So, and the, and the good thing about that is, is that, you know, as research continues, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be able to see how not only CBD acts or THC acts or uh, CBN or CBG, but you're going to be able to actually uh, break down each molecule to a certain nanometer based on how it enters the body. So you're going to be able to almost time release each cannabinoid based on what you're trying to accomplish on the back end with each cannabinoid. So you can break down some farther, leave some a little bit bigger, and you can make, you know, just crazy, crazy stuff, you know, that becomes really beneficial for the body to where you're really getting everything out of it. You're not wasting, because a lot of it is just going towards digestion. You know, you're not getting uh, 
the actual result. And that's why, you know, what we've seen is you're getting, you know, 18%, you know, on the standard, standard droplet, you know, the standard molecule. And uh, by nanotizing it and then taking it as high as you possibly can without disrupting that molecule and still keeping it active, you're able to really get all of it, but with less. Now, in the same case, when I, I've, I've mentioned this question to several guests here on Blunt Business and our sister program, Grassroots Marketing, the idea is I've talked about a story where I had a chance to go ahead and speak with somebody that was in the supplements industry very early on. And one of the products he uh, was really pushing out, distributing to many major uh, retailers was Saul Palmetto. And the idea that some companies could go ahead and put out a cheaper product of Saul Palmetto based on extracting from the stem. Meanwhile, his products were extracting from the berry itself. And I wanted to get the same idea where it comes with cannabis. Is it more from the leaf? Is it more from the stem? Or if it's from the hemp plant, the same way. I wanted to get the idea of the importance as you have it then used nano emulsified and nano soluble. What about the importance? Is there anything you can tell us about with your products and other products? How important it is to get the highest potency from the highest part of the plant from the actual flower the leaf as opposed to the stem yeah so i mean really you know you want to concentrate on on the actual flower you know um you see a lot of whole plant stuff done but really you want to concentrate on the whole flower and you want to do your testing beforehand because you know even the hemp plant cannabis plant there's all different cannabinoids that are available at certain time frames Right. So that's why you have a lot of hemp companies that test hot, you know, or whatever, having problems with that, you know, just 10 days prior, they were fine. Now, 10 days later, you know, it's too much. So it's all about when they're harvested and um, all that as well. Now, so, but how much of the plant is as potent as the other? I mean, would you, is, are you kind of telling me that the idea that, and I never really asked the question, but is it important? Is the potency really as equal, whichever part of the plant you pick? uh no okay so everything on the on the top you know whatever's getting more photosynthesis whatever's getting more light you know is going to be more potent it has to be above ground yes okay yes yes so that's why even when they come and test hemp right when they come and test hemp to see if it's it's passable or, or or doable they you know have made guidelines or or you know, restrictions on where they can pull those tests from. So if you get them from a lower standpoint, you could test lower. If you get them from a higher standpoint, you're going to test higher because you're getting more photosynthesis, right? You're getting more development. And that's where I'm coming from with this is that with CBD products, we know there are some players out there that, you know, they might not be as uh, at the level with others. And I can imagine, I could see somebody trying to pull a fast one and say, well, if you are taking it from the below ground and it's so right into the soil and nutrients and the, and the, and the organic of what there is, where it's not exposed to much to so much sunlight, maybe is there some kind of a way to explain it around? And if somebody wants to go and take the, what is not above ground, what is part of the plant that's somewhat still could be extractable, it's extractable, but is as a potent and could also be marketed the same way you know, with, uh, I would basically say somebody would do it under false pretenses. 
is that something that's a, that has been a practice that has come by in this market? And that's one of the things you have to go ahead and fight against because some people are, are using these ulterior motives. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, the cannabis industry as a whole, the whole legal side, it's just a, it's a headache, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many regulations and, you know, and then they change and then it's this or it's that, or, you know, depending who's there, who's testing. I mean, there's so many variances. There's no strict in stone. Um, you know, I can imagine CBD has that problem because there's so oh, many does. products in the market and because there is no true FDA implementation. USD only has so much. Maybe some companies might pass along not providing a certificate of analysis because the analysis might be just like what I'm describing. My thing is that I want to make people aware if that is the case, then we need to make a point of that because as much transparency is being done and to also not go against the good work that you're doing with the folks at MIT, what you're doing with your products, with your exper expertise, for somebody else to go and come in and slide underneath that and go under the level and to offer some of this, that's a, 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 an inferior product. That's the issue we have with the CBD market as opposed to the illicit market of cannabis. There is so much, I think there's some products out there that offer a very high milligram content that might be a little bit overwhelming and I'm not sure what to believe or not. And then what, which of these products make it to a retail short shelf, make it to a CVS or Walgreens. These are the kind of things that concern me. That's why I bring this up to you. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, you, you see a lot on Amazon, right? Where you see yeah. it's like ridiculous amount of milligrams and, you know, they're using, you know, hemp seed oil, which is completely different from, from CBD or any cannabinoid, right? We know, I mean, hemp seed oil is good for you, yes, but it's not going to do what, what any of the cannabinoids are actually going to do, mm -hmm. right? It's simply just an oil. And, you know, a lot of times they'll do a nano emulsification on that hemp seed oil, all right? And then what happens is when you nano emulsify something, right, you times it by a certain degree. So you can times it by five, you can times it by a hundred, you could times it by all these numbers, and then you end up with what's on that bottle. So that's how they're coming up with those crazy, insane numbers of 300,000 milligrams, you know, or whatever they're putting on, you see on Amazon, right? Yeah. Now, I because, want to move along. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Make yeah, your because, point. you know, a, a, a nanometer is, I mean, to put that in perspective, a nanometer is literally 100,000 times smaller than a strand of hair. So the thickness of a piece of hair is 100,000 times stronger. You could take a pin of a needle, the head of a needle, right? A bobby, say like a, you know, your regular standard colorful pin needle, mm -hmm. and you can literally fit close or even more of a million plus nanoparticles on that pin. Wow. That's how small we're talking here. I mean, we're talking extremely small. That's crazy. I want to move along to a couple of other things. There's a few areas that you're jumping into now with some of your products that are really interesting. Uh, we're in a little bit after the break, I want to talk to you about a new product line of vegan gummies that you have for, which is a Delta eight based product, which is obviously a very trendy product these days. We'll talk about that after the break, but first I want to talk to you about the fact that you're offering nanotized water soluble soft gels and CBD infused vegan gummies for sleep. You have a water-soluble nanotized CBD that also contains nanotized melatonin. And that means both the CBD and the melatonin enter the body at the same 
rapid speed with a 90% absorption rate. Melatonin, for everybody knows, works with the body's circadian rhythm and its endocannabinoid system, which makes the product highly effective for sleep. And the products, you said, in a quote, are produced following the strictest guidelines and quality control measures, which allows us to call them pharmaceutical grade. But here's the thing that I want to actually mention now. There's a new study that says that melatonin can lessen the severity of COVID-19 symptoms. Now, we know as we record this program, recording this in May, we'll be running somewhere in the summer, that many people are getting vaccinated. But even then, people will still want to have a fail-safe for any issues that might come along if any kind of related symptoms might come along or that the vaccine only has a particular shelf life. And then if there's a need for a vaccination or if there's a possible chance to be uh, prone to contacting COVID-19 at some point down the line, it's something we're always going to have to deal with. Let's just be clear of that. This Because uh, you're vaccinated doesn't go away. It just means this has become something else we need to be regularly cognizant of, just like the, the seasonal flu, just like other symptoms. You know, anything else, it's just another thing along the line. It's just that for folks down here, we can now say, okay, we now have something that can actually treat and people are able to go ahead and basically still live practically normal life. But now understanding we deal with this going forward. So back to the point here, the study says that melatonin can lessen the severity of COVID-19 symptoms because melatonin is said to be able to block the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines while also increasing the number of anti-inflammatory cytokines. So with that said, is that something that uh, you feel like that reading that story and understanding that study, have you had a chance to look into that story at all and see what kind of merit it does give to what you're providing in your soft gels and vegan gummies? Yeah, I mean, no, we haven't looked into this. Um, this is something that now though, now that it's you know coming up now, is that, you know, we'll look into it more. The big problem with melatonin though, you know, and I think everybody has heard this is that, yeah. you know, people take melatonin, right? It doesn't kick in right away. So you need to go to bed at 9, 9 p.m., right? You take it, it takes two hours, two and a half hours. It kicks in finally. Now it's, you know, later in the night, you get up at 5, 36 o'clock in the morning, you wake up, you're drowsy, right? That's because, you know, the molecule of melatonin is too large. Yeah. You know, it's the same reason why when you eat an edible and, you know, it takes two hours, you know, a max of four hours to fully kick in and people make the, the, the mistake that everybody's made where they end up eating, you know, more too soon. And then it's a, a roller coaster ride that you can't get off of. Right. So, you know, by, mel by nanotizing the melatonin, um, you know, we're able to get it into the, into the system quickly, very quickly. I mean, this product has an onset of like eight to 10, eight to 10 minutes, and it'll make you yawn and you relax and ready to go to sleep. I mean, the research reviews, everything from this product has been insane. Um, but the thing is, is to get it into your system, get it to work, do what it needs to do. And then it, it exits out. So you wake up refreshed and not groggy, but being how it plays with the cytokines inside the body, melatonin does just that right it tricks your cytokine system it tricks the cytokines inside your body to to make you you know want to sleep right so it's doing all these things that you can't see inside your body it's going and all all types of molecules do this and that's the fundamental science it's it's crazy when you look at it from a research standpoint and you see it underneath microscopes and everything else you see how it works 
But the fact that they're starting to discover this already this soon um, on the coronavirus is uh, it's it's definitely interesting. It's something I'm going to mention to the uh, to the scientists that I have. We're going to take another break. I want to come back and talk a little bit about your background and because not anybody can go ahead and go to MIT and say, hey, let's work together on something. There's obviously a background we want to go ahead and focus a little bit on here. I don't do one of those profiles and entrepreneurship or anything like that, but I figure there is there are some things I want to point out that are really important about what you've done in your career and how you're applying it now to education. And as I said before the break, we were going to talk a little about Delta 8 and some products you're now infusing in Delta 8 in gummies. We're going to talk about that coming up after a short break. I'm again with the CEO of PureCraft CBD, Jason Navarrete here on Blunt Business. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Back with final questions with Jason Navarrete, CEO of PureCraft CBD here on Blunt Business. So, Jason, you're an adjunct professor at the Center for Entrepreneurship at California State University, Fullerton. You're teaching young entrepreneurs in business basic, about business basics based on your streetwise experience, your time-tested skills. And you mentioned how you learned the lessons the hard way. And going into your background, you started growing cannabis at age 12. And originally, your family was working on growing vegetables, and you were trying to help your mother try to put food on the table. You learn, you got a green thumb. You got to learn how to go ahead and do cannabis. You then, you know, after Prop 64, early 2016, adult use legalization of California, that's where you lived. And then you became one of the 10 people to get a license for cultivation, distribution, manufacturing, and retail sales. Golden ticket. And since then, you've been able to go ahead and bring together, again, $250 million. That's an amazing amount for the company that you brought together. Uh, and you said that, quote, the way I look at it, everything is a game, and how much money you make is how you keep score. So that last phrase and how you instill that drive in your students, because I can imagine, you know, it is a pretty quick amount of time you're able to go ahead and put this together. I, I don't know how much time there was in between the licensing and when you grew cannabis yourself, homegrown, but take me through what you had to go and learn the, the, the learning curve that you had at that young an age and some of the opportunities just landed in your lap that you were able to go ahead and earn and make your way here. And obviously getting a company put together in California, one of the early pioneers and in a short amount of time, really growing a company like exponentially fast. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, I, I started at a very young age, just growing vegetables. Um, I would help my mom do that. And then, um, you know, I happened to be just really interested in it. I liked doing it. It was kind of like, uh, you know, calming for me. Um, my brothers were a little bit older and, you know, used to have tons of fruit trees and everything else, you know, very young age. And people used to actually stop at the house, ring the doorbell and ask if they could take pictures of the fruit trees and everything else because they never seen anything like it. Um, so, you know, all that was taking place. My brothers had come up to me and said, hey, you know, why don't you try growing some of these? You're sure good at growing vegetables and all this other stuff. Try growing some of these. And it was from that point when I grew my first one that the challenge already was extremely tough. And that just, you know, it was just a venture from there. And, you know, things just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And of course, at the time, you know, all this was illegal. Um, you know, and I've gone through the, the legal battles and all that stuff. You know, I've been uh, uh, raided and, and all that stuff. I mean, it's, you know, it, it was, it was a tough time and then, you know, things opened up and, but I had a lot of experience in it. And I think experience is what matters. It's like, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but knowledge only prepares you, you know, for the failures, you know, it's, it's experience therefore after that, you know, not to make those mistakes anymore. Um, and, you know, I just uh, loved growing the plant so much. It, nothing really else mattered. It was all about how I can grow it better and better and better and then finding new strains finding new genetics um working with the top breeders you know doing these massive huge pheno hunts on uh finding different genetics these one-of-a-kind keepers um, and then perfecting those and just getting even better um and i think what happened was was you know i had to talk at city council meetings and all this other stuff you know things that you know a regular kid like me that grew up not in that scenario it wasn't easy <clears throat> and uh I think they could see, you know, the honesty and everything and my passion for it, you know, and, you know, it, the, there was over, you know, 3 million people that have applied, had applied for that license, you know, and um, they ended up choosing, you know, me. So, um, you know, it was, I think it was not really uh, the opportunities that were there. I mean, I, I, I seek those opportunities. I put in a tremendous amount of work. I took a huge risk my whole life uh, to really get to that point. And, you know, I took the, the exit, um, you know, and now it's like I started doing this because there's a huge want and there's so much, there's so much uncertainty right now in the CBD space. There's so many companies out there that are doing things they shouldn't be doing. Right. And, um, Everybody comes into this thing thinking they can make a ton of money and it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It's the hardest, one of the hardest industries and businesses to do um, just because the marketing and everything isn't there. You can't be free about it. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, the story, because there's a lot of companies that are looking to try to get that research and development. You got the key for that working with such a established accredited, you know, looked uh, world renowned institution like MIT to be able to go and work some of the work you've gotten to do, getting the right breaks when it came to learning the product at such a young age. And, you know, there is something to be said where, you know, when you don't have a lot growing up and that drive to never look, look back at that again, that whatever, however things started, you're looking at, at the, you're, there's no rear view window. You don't even have one. You only look forward. You're still a young age and you've done so much. And Authority Magazine actually did a profile on you. They referred to you as a disruptor. 
And I think it's a very important thing to have that in the industry, but I don't feel one thing I noticed that we have a lot of corporations that are coming in. And once legalization comes in, there's a difference between California legalizing and then a federal legalization, a whole different ball game. How big of a game changer will that be? Because we're getting there pretty soon. And yes. that disruption will not be a disruption like what you've done, but how should people have the same mindset that you have to continue to disrupt, to continue to break free from the corporations that will be coming in? Big alcohol, big tobacco are making their alliances now to get legalization past the finish line. They're going to come in and you can have other products that are going to be out there. How do you stand out from the pack? I think, you know, what I've seen over the years is you have people that only will smoke flour, right? You have people that will only eat edibles. You have people that will do whatever. They don't care. They eat edibles or smoke flour. They do both at the same time. Um, it, I always have taken the cannabis industry as the wine industry, right? You have people that will buy a bottle of Barefoot for eight bucks. You have people that have spent $20,000 on a bottle of wine. There's always going to be a need for craft farmers that have craft quality, clean, I mean, just amazingly beautiful, you know, quality. Everything is done great from start to finish. Those people will always be there. Big pharma, uh, the big corporations, they have, tw I mean, some of these old school guys like me that have been doing this forever. I mean, we have 25, you know, years by the time this happens, we'll have 25 years or so experience over them. This is not your common household plant or tomato plant. This plant defies all the, the traditional things of agriculture. It just doesn't behave the way that it's a normal plant behaves. The way you have to push it and get it to do things, it's not the same. Right. And it wasn't too long ago I had talked to a guest about the fact of where there is, you know, the, the small uh, curated batch cannabis and referring to it as where, where I think that's a new name that needs to be brought into the space. And I'm trying to remember who it was that I spoke with that we spoke about that with because of the idea of creating craft cannabis that actually should be a name that should be a, a product sector within the cannabis industry where if you have micro brewed beers or you have, you know, small batches and wines and things like that, that that industry should be made. There needs to be that sector needs to be defi defined and identified. And I think that's something that you've tapped into doing it. And there's other companies that have done it separately, but we should have a point where, you know, this is where the dispensaries are reached out to. This is where, you know, delivery companies are reached out to. And there's a craft portion of the business so that when you have the large manufacturers at some point, when federal legalization comes in, you want to have that craft grassroots quality over quantity style business model. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. I mean, we've seen this in Canada, right? We've seen how, you know, the feds took over in Canada and they tried doing, you know, mail delivery service. You can order online, you know, and then they ship it to you. And then you've seen all the videos and stuff or, or articles about people getting, you know, federally legal cannabis in the mail. And it was just terrible, full of seeds, you know, awful, mm -hmm. right? And the people demanded, you know, they, they said, we're not smoking this, you know, and then enough people, you know, stood up and it's like one in every three houses or something in Canada is, is, is growing cannabis. 
um, you know, people want more. You're going to have big corporate and people are just used to more. I mean, look at California. I mean, California, we're the biggest pot snobs here. I mean, yeah. it's like you can't grow anything that, you know, someone will not say something about, whether it be the manicuring, whether it be some, right? I mean, it's the hardest market to please. If you can please a California, you know, uh, smoker, you're, you're, you're somebody, right? Right. And but then again, think- that same product is so popular that unfortunately there's a pretty extensive cannabis illicit market that will take that product and take it everywhere else around the, around the country, around the world if they can, because of the fact it needs to be better controlled. There has to be, you know, the compliance standards plus some breaks to get other businesses online. So they don't have to be, so that the illicit market can be controlled and contained and eliminated as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, just like, I mean, just like, uh, What's going to keep this industry so valuable and so strong is the fact of breeding. Okay. So it's like, if I do a 2000 run seed hunt of a certain genetic type, right? A certain, a certain series of breeding, and then you get what's called, you know, phenotypes. Okay. Phenotypes are just like people like you and me. There's not another one of us. Okay. In the world. All right. Maybe similar, but there's not another one of us identical to us it's the same thing with cannabis and that's what makes it so valuable and so significant and so interesting is that you're constantly able to breed and create just amazingly new things and that's what keeps the value of a company because that's almost like the proprietary blend uh uh uh, blend right Mm -hmm. so if a company does say 2000 seeds and they find and it happens all the time they'll do 2000 seed runs 4000 seed runs of one genetic, okay, and they'll only end up with one, one keeper strain that fits all the barriers to actually be able to put into massive uh, cultivation. And that strain is only unique to those growers, to that brand. If they go ahead and, you know, release those cuts, if they give out clones, then that's a different story, right? You end up with washed up genetics, like, you know, a lot of the OGs have a lot of the OGs, right? happened with, yep. uh, you know, a lot of the uh, cushions. Okay. Now these only one-off strains is what makes you and your brand unique. You know, and I used to have people all the time come to me and say, Hey, can I get this cut? Can I get that cut? And it's like, do you understand? It took me over a year of testing massive amounts of space to find just this one strain before I even put it into production, wow. you know? So it's, it's, that's what makes it so unique. And the federal, the federal side of it, the legalization side, the big corporations, they don't understand that. They never will. They're growing old school strains like they are in Canada. They're growing, you know, White Widow and, and, and all these strains that are just original, you know, from the 90s, you know, uh, late 80s strains, right? And they think that's what people want. And it's like, that's not what people want. They don't, they don't want that anymore, right? They want the crazy high-end stuff, you know, that just blows you away, right? And that's what we're accustomed to. So you can't change that. Yeah, no, the palate has changed a lot. Yes. And, you know, as you go into dispensaries, you're always going to try something else new. You look at just where you, you look at, you know, the beverage industry. How many different flavors and concoctions can you make now? It's an endless supply to what it comes down to. Now, and also at that yeah. point, too, I mean, you look at, like, let's look at, uh, say, White Claw, right? Uh-huh. White Claw came out. They, everybody thought it was stupid, right? The big, big companies said, oh my God, what's seltzer, <laughs> seltzer water? Yeah. And look how phenomenal they did. And now you have Bud Light, 
you have all these other companies that are coming out, they still can't catch up to these guys. No, they still can't outbeat them. And that's a good example here to relate to the same industry. <laughs> it's amazing. Let's talk about Delta eight because now uh, your company has recently just put out a new line of Delta eight THC gummies in response to growing consumer demand. We've heard about it. We've talked about it here on the program. So they are vegan come with a third party lab, uh, certificate of analysis and they're infused with 25 milligrams of pure craft cbd's nano optimized delta thc in the sort of flavors of watermelon lemon raspberry and orange so this is obviously now there's been a lot of talk about delta eight in terms of being the alternative because it's something that can be available nationwide so but then what i do hear from some people privately is the idea that Delta 8 might only have a certain amount of life before it becomes regulated. So in the meantime, as you do this, talk to you about these new gummies and what do you think about, you know, what's the response been? And would this be a limited time offer or would this be something you think you can continue to do going forward? No, I mean, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of already a lot of companies that now have introduced it. Um, I mean, I was one of the, I was one of the very few that first came out. Um, and then right after that, a lot of the, you know, even bigger CBD companies have been around for three, four years, five years yeah. now have introduced, you know, Delta eight lines. And I think, um, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think it's going anywhere. Um, as long okay. as nobody, as long as nobody messes up, you know, and starts getting crazy and, um, you know, extracting from actual cannabis, thinking that they can defer the system or whatever it is, you know, um, <clears throat> And trying to get people even more of a feeling than what Delta Eight already gives, you know, then I think we'll be fine. But if you end up having a group of kids or something like that, you know, gets their hands on these, or, or there ends up being issues at that point, you know. But there's already so many companies in it now, and the wheel is already spinning at full force. And I think this is just going to fuel cannabis legalization as a whole, because now we're going to see what it does on a slighter, smaller scale nationwide. And I and think that's, uh, that's what some policymakers need. Well, they saw what yes. California, Colorado did. When they saw the test models, you know, the test subjects of seeing how, basically case studies of how those two states worked out. Again, I talk about Senator Schumer, the majority leader in the Senate. He talked about how Colorado, I thought it was going to be a, it was going to be a, a shit show, not in his words, mm -hmm. but basically, but everything worked out so well. And at one point, he felt like decriminalizing was the only thing that could be done properly for the industry, but now he's in for legalization. And now he's one of the proponents trying to get a full legalization passed at this point. So that tells you everything. And I think this is another case study, a larger case study with a lot of subjects. If this turns out well, then, as you said, the case will be made. Yeah, this is almost like just softening the whole nation to what it could be like because you know delta it's a you know completely different high you know it's not it's not a uh you know paranoia anxiety i mean you know maybe in the beginning for some people you could have that um but you know as you figure out your dose and you get accustomed to it i mean you'll just sit there and and, and laugh freely you know and then you just pass out and go to sleep you know so it's a great it's a great sleep um uh, cannabinoid you know it's great for sleep uh it's great for just overall mood um even if you're feeling anxious i mean it's just it's 
it's powerful and people are getting used to it. And I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I think, you know, the CBD industry and cannabinoids is that standpoint are going to go all towards um, edibles and, um, and drinks. I think that's where a lot of it's going. And you have people, you know, in the actual cannabis industry doing all that plus your flower. So, um, and then you're going to have your concentrates, obviously, of course, it's a given. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's where, that's where we're really headed here. And because people with tinctures, you know, and all that stuff and, and, and having actual oils, you know, I think that that is kind of something that's starting to sail and people want to experience, you know, a treat and all that stuff with it. And whoever's developing new products, which we have a ton of uh, new products in development. I mean, a ton. We've gone full force with a lot of stuff with Delta 8, even combining other cannabinoids um, with Delta 8. And then just tons of stuff we have that, you know, no other CBD company is even going to, they're going to see it and be like, how are we going to develop it? You know, interesting. You make mention of that because of that. When I talk about craft cannabis, that was exactly the idea was because it was talking about distinctive tinctures and developing new tinctures. And that word doesn't do as much as it does for me talking about calling it a craft or a, almost like a micro process that mm -hmm. it worked for me to have a better understanding of it. And that's where I came from with that. Well, with that said, let's talk about the website, purecraftcbd.com right on the front page, Delta eight nano infused vegan gummies you have available and various flavors packaging looks great. And you have tinctures, you have sleep, you have topical soft gels, oil for pets. Uh, what are some of the products that are really standing out that people should really going to take a look at as they go to the website? Tell us about what, what you want to definitely go ahead and highlight while we have a few minutes left for, for the listeners. I mean, all the products that we have there are, are, you know, they're, they're really great. They've gone through rigorous testing, rigorous research. Um, you know, they all have their, their valuable points. Like the water solubles, of course, you know, are going to have more bold flavor, more richer, sweeter flavor mm -hmm. um, because we've nanotized the flavoring as well. Um, you know, the melatonin and sleep product is, I mean, that's, that's a, a phenomenal product that everybody is just in love with. Um, the gummies also too, I mean, we strive before we even release those to not have any aftertaste in our gummies because that was something I noticed over time. And what people would tell me as well, the regular edibles is, you know, the taste, right? That taste lingers in their mouth or, or they can taste it in the, in the, yeah. in the, in the food. Um, so we really strive to make sure that these didn't have any taste to them. So, um, that's another big thing. The edibles, you know, the gummies, they're all huge. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, they're all, they're all great products. They really are. Fantastic. Jason, really appreciate you taking time to talk to us today and definitely going to keep in touch and let us know anything else that happens up with pure craft. And, you know, thanks for offering the knowledge. And not just for the what you're doing right now. It's amazing you're multitasking, running this new company, putting all these products together to, to market, and doing work uh, adjuncting at uh, Cal State Fullerton and teaching all these kids about entrepreneurship. Because now, is it a cannabis-based kind of idea, or is it just a broad-based business entrepreneurship model that you talk about? No, just young uh, aspiring you know entrepreneurs. Um, I just pretty much give them you know I like to stand up and really give them the, the honest truth about entrepreneurship. It's not cool. It's not, uh, you know, something that's going to make you look cool just because you're an entrepreneur. It's like when I started entrepreneurship was, 
you're not, you know, it wasn't a cool thing. It was, you're an idiot. Why aren't you going to college? Yep. Right. So, and now it's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. Every month we be an entrepreneur and drive Lamborghinis and, and fly on private jets. And it just doesn't work that way. Hey, it's right? not going to be, it's a, it's, don't expect Dogecoin to the moon to get you there. You might as well yeah. learn something, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just a huge, huge thing. Um, it's a lot of work. It's, you know, you don't have any time schedule and I, I want to teach these kids, you know, young and, and give them my experience and, and how I came from nothing and how you yeah. can develop something. If you put in all the time, all the hard work, you take the risk and uh, you can definitely reap the rewards, you know? Jason, thanks again for making time with us. Again, CEO of PureCraft CBD, and again, the website is purecraftcbd.com. Jason Everett joining us here on Blunt Business. Thanks so much for taking some time out. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And listeners, thank you for listening in. Well, you know how to get to the podcast because if you know, you know. And we'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.